you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Dude, a lot of things that's going on. That's something I'm pretty excited about church right now. One, the fast is over. What's up, man? I found out and found my way to some double-stuffed Oreo cookies last night at about 10 o'clock. I'm just saying. Pretty excited about that. Uh, what else is going on? Mentorships are launching this week. I'm pretty excited about everyone that joined a year-long mentorship group. It's going to be, uh, we're praying for your growth. Uh, this week, we're launching 25 Connect Groups. Come on, somebody. Uh, so we started a group last night. We had two last night. We had, we had, uh, we had uh, um, a marriage workshop here. It was pretty rad. We also had uh, the, the outreach at Noah's Landing uh, as we uh, worked, uh, went over there to help uh, those that, um, you know, just struggle uh, with a whole bunch of physical needs over there. And so that was really cool. But we'll be launching connect groups all week long from Bible studies, prayer meetings, I understand there's a motorcycle uh, a ride going on. Uh, small, <laughs> babe, can I buy a motorcycle just so I can join that small group? Um, there's uh, so, uh, there's an art gathering. Some artists going to be gathering, doing some art together. Pretty rad. Uh, all kinds of lady gatherings. Uh, there's one that I heard that you you bring uh, a physical item to the group, and then you like it's like a swap meet. Um, I don't know. It sounds really wonderful. Uh, a lot of different things that's going on. One of them I wanted to highlight is our freedom group. Uh, what I do know is that having uh, known believers, known my own life and the rhythms in my own life, there are times when we realize, man, I'm stuck. And I'm, I'm stuck with this issue or this stronghold. And the enemy puts his finger on it like you are a dog with fleas because you can't get over this. And uh, I believe spiritually that the first thing that the Lord wanted to do is get you out of Egypt. And then he wanted to get Egypt out of you. And so what I mean by that is that you don't want to live with a slavery mentality when God has called you to be free. And so there is a group that we have called Freedom, and uh, it's pretty wonderful. You should check that group out. But all on the app, there's like 25 different groups meeting throughout town. And uh, I'm pretty pumped to see as many people that are saying, God, I just want you to use me. Uh, There's a group that they're getting together watching The Chosen. That's pretty awesome. And they've turned it into a community uh, outreach to their neighborhood, and I just think that's that's pretty 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 wonderful. And popcorn, I mean, let's go. Hey, um, and I don't know if you know, but we're in contract, y'all. Let's go. All right. So some of y'all don't know yet. Uh, we've been stuck in this building that we call our house that I hate. Uh, we, this has been a rental property for 10 years, and this has been our home. And we outgrew this building probably eight years ago. And, uh, but for whatever reason, the Lord hasn't opened up the doors. And I think that he was largely trying us as leadership, uh, cause, teaching us how to be faithful, teaching us how to develop people, teaching us how to uh, focus on our vision, focus on our craft before he would open the door. But he did just that. And so two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, uh, we signed contract on a building that's really far from here. So I don't know if it's going to be a difficult obstacle of people not being able to attend. But like it, how you get there, basically, if you go out these doors and onto the street and you turn right, it's right there. Um, so anyways, uh, so we have some information in the back about it, our 27,000 square foot facility. I'll tell you more about it this week here in the sermon and next week and next week and next week. And uh, we'll be 
talking a lot about our new home. We won't be, some of you guys are asking when will we be moving. The contract will mature in April, but we won't be moving into the building till probably November, December. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So that'll give us a lot of opportunity to grow our ministry as we step into a facility that is almost seven times the size of what we currently are. So we'll have, we'll have space for all kinds of stuff. We'll have motorcycle small group in the church. We're going to be running laps around the sanctuary. It's going to be really, I don't know. Um, hey, would y'all stand to your feet as we read God's word? Uh, this will be a little bit about uh, a little bit about our new building, a little bit about your building. And um, I can't stop hearing this verse in my heart. And maybe it's a warning to your pastor, but I feel like we need to share it with our church. So maybe this sermon is only for me today. Here we go. Psalms 127, verse 1. The scripture says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and that you go to late, uh, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Whereas other translations would say he gives to his beloved rest. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, um, we ask that you would speak today very clearly. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You can have a seat. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. It is our desire. We have been praying for years, and um, we've never had um, just our elders have always just kind of said, no, this isn't the right building. This isn't the right time. This isn't the right building. This isn't the right time. Or our financial board says, um, really nice building. We can't afford it. Um, and uh, so we have three boards over our church, our elders, our financial board, and our board of directors who are not church members of ours, but they're pastors or leaders throughout the country. Um, and uh, they oversee all of our contractual decisions and decisions that they say, this doesn't make sense. You can't do it. And um, they're the ones I don't like the most. Uh, they just, uh, Debbie Downers. And so anyways... Um, They've all unanimously said, we feel like this is good, and we just want you to know that um, this step that we're taking truly is um, close to impossible. And so I think any God-sized idea that you ever get is impossible. I remember when the Lord said, uh, you should ask Teresa on a date. I was like, that's impossible, Lord. That lady is smoking hot, and uh, there's no way she'd say yes. And, uh, and so, But when God gives you a God-sized dream, it's got to be bigger than you. And, uh, and this is bigger than me. It's definitely bigger than our family. It's definitely bigger than this church. It's going to be close to impossible. And uh, I'm thankful for what's going to happen here over the coming months. With that being said, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Makes me think, one, how is it possible that we build the house, that we labor to build the house, physically labor to build the house, yet the Lord builds it? Like, it's like an oxymoron. Like, wait, who's, who's building here? It reminds me of that quote by John Wesley. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but, but he said, um, I, I live like it all depends on me, but I pray like it all depends on God. And, uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all of my energy, all of my strength, all of my diligence to make sure that, Lord, you move in my life. I'm going to cry out and beg you to come and help me. And, uh, and believe that your blessing falls on my life so that we can do the things that you're calling us to do. Does that make sense? And, uh, and that's kind of where I feel like we're at with this. But I think this, 
verse makes me think of that we would labor in vain. Can you imagine what would happen in months from now, years from now, that we find out that the Lord wasn't in this? Oh, it'd be catastrophic, wouldn't it? Makes me realize that there's a lot of people in their life that find themselves in seasons where they know that God told them to do something, yet they got there and look back and realize that they've wasted. Terrifying. You know, like God gave you that job. Why is it broken? God, I know that the Lord told us to get married. Why is it broken? I know that this was the house that God wanted us to have, so why is it not right? Like, what's wrong? And I think what happens is we, we wanted the Lord to do this with us, but somewhere along the line, we stopped needing Him, and we just started doing it on our own, using our own strengths and our own efforts, and after a while, we just kind of drifted. And then what really happens, and I see it in my office often, when couples are falling apart or the house breaks or things are broken, now we look and go, why, God? Why'd you do this? And I think unless you know that unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. It means that the education that you got and the great career that you got, I mean, all of the things that we have that are shiny and fun and the boats and the finances and the promotions and all those things, what good are the promotions if our kids don't want to be around us? What good is it if our kids grow up and they despise us? What good is it if the marriage falls apart? What good is everything that we have if it doesn't stand the test of time? And I want to make sure that God's in it right from the beginning. And he's with us every step of the way. Unless the Lord builds this house, we will labor for nothing. So we're crying out to God right now, man, asking God to bless us. And I'm, I, I, we, we went yesterday with our intercessors over to the building. We're laying hands on it, anointing with oil, walking around this building, and just praying, God, give us the house. God, give us the finances. Give us the things that we want. God, this has got to be you. It's got to be you. It's got to be you. It's got to be you. And, and with, one, with, with 100% unity right now, all of our intercessors that I consider the, the leaders of our church, I mean, those that, 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 are, that are putting their face to the ground, saying, crying out, man, this is why we have a powerful church. It's those that come on Saturday. And so I would encourage you, come join our connect group on Saturdays from 9 to 10 as we come and we cry out to Jesus every week. We need the Lord to move in our lives. Otherwise, everything else we do is in vain. There's no spiritual tricks to these things. It doesn't matter how good of a sermon you can preach or how shiny the lights are or how good Deb sings. If there's no anointing present, we're in trouble. And so, um, how does it, what does it look like to let the Lord build the house as we labor? I think it really comes down to getting close enough that when He speaks, we know, we can hear. And so I would ask you in your own marriage right now, in your own life, are you hearing God? Do you know when when you're inconsistent? Do you know when he's leading change? Do you know when the last time the Lord gave you a verse that said this verse is for you? I don't know about you, but the word of God always calls us higher. It places a demand on our life. And so what I'm saying is, was there a verse that God gave you that says you need to be living greater than you're currently living? The Lord is like a coach. He sees the potential and he's trying to pull it out of you. And he's trying to lift you, causing you to say, how do I lift the standard in my life? 
more integrity, more character, more purity, more holiness, more, more, more devotion, more passion. And he's turning the waters in your life. Well, God's been speaking to us about some things for a long time that we would, we would be ready to go and build a house. And we feel like the Lord has done just that. And I know in your own lives, God is, has, some of you are establishing marriages, establishing homes. You, you have families. And, and my prayer is that we make sure there's a foundation there strong enough to, to last the, the storms that will come. We'll get into that here in the next couple of weeks. Tabernacle. So the Lord spoke to Moses that he wanted a house. In Scripture, this is the first time that we can see it. So I'm going to take you back. I don't know how much you know about Scripture, but there was this guy named Moses, and the people of Israel were slave to the Egyptians. And they lived there for years, and, and Moses began to seek God, and God said, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, right? And there was 10 plagues that came upon the Egyptians. And, and then finally the Pharaoh said, get these people out of my city. And Moses led the people through the, the, through the Red Sea and the waters parted on the Egyptians. And, and now the, the, the Israelites are, are on the other side of the Red Sea and God is trying to take them into their promised land. And before they get there, the Lord begins to meet with Moses and what he's trying to do now is he didn't get you out of Egypt to just wander. He was always trying to bring us together, make us a people. And you have to know the ones, the believers that don't last till the end day, that don't make it to the judgment seat are the ones that wander astray. The Lord is always trying to bring us together. And the Israelites, the ones that would be killed off, would be the ones that didn't wander with the pack. Like there's, there's strength in numbers. Like when we get together and we get with other believers, it's like our hearts begin to burn because there's a fire here among us. Does that make sense? At least that's the hope. We always want to make sure that there's passion in the house of God. That's where fire is. I don't want to be one of the uh, old churches that just like, oh, fly away. Like we're not living like for heaven. Bound. We're, we're, we're trying to bring heaven down right now and we're toiling for it. And then one day it'll be great, you know, when we're there, but we want to make sure we're working right now. There's purpose on our life. Cool. So God speaks to Moses about this tabernacle and there's a cool conversation. And that was my intro. Here we go. Moses in um, Exodus chapter 25, God, the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from, from all whose hearts are moved to offer them. And here is a list of the sacred offerings that you may accept from them. Stop. Uh, I love this. So one, you need to know that we need to raise more money than we made all of last year. Crazy in three months. Um, I will say that in one week's time, uh, we have made 15% of that goal already. Pretty rad, right? Um, and so uh, I believe that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Like, like God, here's my two fish and this, and this loaf of bread, multiply it, man. And so I don't know what he's going to do, but we're excited that he's with us. And so in this passage, the Lord said to Moses, just tell the people to bring these offerings. And, um, and so I, 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 talking about money makes me extremely uncomfortable. If you're new to our church, uh, you may not know that we uh, don't take offerings. 
uh, until now. <laughs> so here come the offering plates. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't. I really, I don't like this at all. It makes me feel weird. And so, but what I love what the Lord said is He told Moses to tell the people. So this is not Moses asking. This is the Lord just saying, like, here's the deal. And actually, what He said is, I, I own. I don't want people to give. Um, I, I only want people who feel led to give, to give. And it would be important for you to recognize all through Scripture that the Lord is not looking for your tip. In fact, there's a lot of sacrifices that you could give that the Lord would reject. And so you want to pray and ask God, what would you give? And in this passage here in Exodus chapter 25, for, for the temple, he's only accepting like diligent stuff. If this is the Lord's house that we're building, it's not our house. You know what I mean? Like there's a standard here. And so he's, he would say this, accept the contributions from all whose hearts are moved to offer them. Here is a list of sacred offerings that you may accept. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair for cloth. I don't know. Was a big deal. Tanned ramskins and fine goatskin leather and Arcadia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod of the priest's chestpiece. And so I would make sure you know over the next couple of weeks, as we talk more about the tabernacle, we're going to talk about the Lord's vision and strategy about your life and for the house of God as he would lay out strategy for David and all of the people that would be building the house of God. Um, but I would say to you, there's a lot of things that we need. Some of them are financial. Some of them are physical. Like some of you have, have traits and skills that like your pastor doesn't possess. I know that I look really handy, but my wife would attest to you. <laughs> that, uh, praise the Lord. Um, verse 8 the Lord said this to Moses, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern that I will show you. And, uh, and I just think this is neat. This is the first time in scripture that the Lord is saying, I want a house and I want to be among my people. Are you with me? The Lord wants a house among his people. Now you need to know that while this is awesome and wonderful, this is not the Lord's pattern today. What? So we're buying a $3 million building, not because that's necessarily the Lord. He doesn't need a dwelling place. Um, the house of God today is, is our strategy on how we come together. It's a place when we gather that the Lord, he does manifest his presence and beautiful things happen. It's a place where we come together when we're sick and we call on the elders of the church. There's a place here where we gather into small groups and we break up. It's strategy. It's how we, we, we find our neighbors and we bring them to church. Like I can't tell you how many neighbors David and Anna Marie have dragged to church because they know this is where God's at and we want you to meet some of our friends and family. Many people have brought loved ones here because this is a great place for people to find Christ. And as our church is growing, y'all, we just had 65 youth the other day in the youth group. Like our church is growing and we need space. And ultimately we want to see the next generation do more things for God than we have. Amen? Amen. Hold on. No, 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 no. 
like for real. We want to see the next generation do more for God than we're currently doing, right? And so we need to make a space. We believe in them. What I love is my man Hayden is sitting right over here. He had he was crazy enough to say, I want to lead a connect group this semester, and I don't want to do it in youth group, but I want to lead a connect group for our church. And so if you want to be in Hayden's connect group, you can go over to Greenwise on what night? Sunday night and join his Bible study as he's going to break down the word of God. And I'll tell you what right now, you're not, the Bible says, don't let anyone despise their youth. Don't let anyone look down on you. There's just as much godly Holy Spirit in you as there is in me. And so, bro, we believe in you and we're calling out that God-given gift inside of you. Like God's doing things in your life, man. It's awesome. Um, what about my sermon here? Oh yeah. So, um, so the tabernacle that God asks, he, he wanted to live amongst his people. But since Jesus died and rose again, the Holy of Holies was torn. That was where God lived amongst earth. And when the, the veil was torn, the Holy Spirit was released amongst the earth. And now it's actually quite different. The Lord doesn't need to be here because his plan is to be with you. The scripture says that I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's the promise of God. But watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, you can go there with me. I'm going to read to you the end of the passage to get back to the beginning. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? Together we're the temple of God. And the Spirit, and that the Spirit of God lives in you. For God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So he wanted there to be a tabernacle, a place where he can dwell among us. But now his strategy is in you. This is the way. So in John chapter 3, Jesus said that when you, when you believe in him, you become born again. And when you become born again, the spirit of Jesus lives inside of you. You become God's dwelling. Y'all, I don't know if you know, but our strategy is not to get, uh, to, is, to not, is to not just beg God to come into this house, but our vision is that you would grow. That's why we have 25 connect groups. We're not trying to build a, a big church. We're trying to actually make many little churches because our strategy is to say, we, I say it all the time, we, don't, we gather in rows, but we grow in circles. I believe far more that I'm thankful that you're coming to church, but you will grow more in a connect group than you ever will in a service. Because in a connect group, we find out who you are. We learn your story. You get to share your story and your questions. You get to encourage me and rebuke me. Rebuke me. Some of y'all have been connect groups with me for a long time. There's a lot of rebuking going of your pastor. Um, but you get to encourage me and tell me your story. And I get to hear about the love of God and the scripture that was inside of you. And this is where growth happens in circles. But we need space for more people. I mean, I can't tell you how many people come and said, I've been there. That place was tiny and it was it was tight and the bathrooms are weird and this like we want to make a space for more people to come find Christ because God's doing something among us but all along the plan is that you we have to teach you to understand that now Christ in you the bible says is the hope of glory we have to figure out how to, how do we activate the god inside of you so that you would know how to be powerful at work tomorrow how do you be powerful at home 
So in this passage right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's going to, he's, he's going to end the passage in verse 16 talking about how you're the temple of God. Watch this. But he starts off in verse 10 by talking about how he's this big builder and how he's laid this great foundation and how other people are going to be able to build on it. But he says, be careful because there will be a fire that will come in the last day and it will burn everything that's ever existed. That fire is judgment. And what he's saying is there's a lot of things that we're building in our life that is not going to stand the test of time. You got to hear me on this. He's, he's trying to get us to realize how many things that we're building right now. Some of us are building shelves, painting walls. We have vision for new cabinets or new lug nuts on our cars. There's a lot of things that we have vision to build that'd be really great and it would look awesome. And it's going to rust and corrode and not matter in a century from now. What we have to be mindful of as sons and daughters of God is that we will live forever, but not all the things that we're building will live forever. And what we're trying to do is set our minds to things that are eternal. Our Savior Jesus said it this way, store up your treasures in heaven where thieves cannot break in and steal them and rust and and moths can't destroy them. And there where your treasure is, so will your heart be. He's, he's saying, actually, if you want to learn how to fall in love with things that are eternal, don't, I don't need you, don't love me first and then figure out how to, how to love giving. Watch this. If you, love, if you love things, just start giving things to the kingdom and watch your heart start radically going, oh man, this is powerful. And there's return on it. And God's moving, like it's the kingdom of God is weird when it comes to giving. All of a sudden, I'm giving and I'm losing, but all of a sudden I'm giving and I'm receiving. Anyone else ever experienced this before? I have to be careful as a church because I don't want to be a salesman pastor who, who says, like, if you sow, then you'll reap all these things because there's an American gospel that's really just tricking people into giving things that God's not calling you to give. But there is a reality of sowing and reaping that end time and harvest that has been biblical forever. It's just been abused. And so we try to stay away from, like, like conversations about money as a church almost to the point where I've neglected to teach us the reality of the promise of sowing and reaping. And I'm sorry for that. I just have friends that don't love Christ and they only hear the church talking about money and it's a shame. But what Paul's saying is that we have to make sure that the things that we're building and the things that we're giving and the things that we're doing will be eternal. And so I'm thinking about your house and your car, and your stuff. Learn to put your, 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 your to in, in, let me say it this way. There's, a, there's such a thing as spending, and there's such a thing as investing. Spending is something you're only going to have for a little bit, like that money's gone. Investing is when you're giving it not to your church, but to the kingdom, and he's going to like multiply that. I don't know if that landed. That wasn't part of my notes, and I didn't think through that um, as much as I should have. Okay, cool. Here we go. Let me keep going. So Paul's talking about like, now I want you to know that you're the temple. 
You're the tabernacle. You're the tabernacle. You're the tabernacle. You're the tabernacle. My hope is that God would have a dwelling place among you, and the plan is you. So your pastor really needs to figure out how to develop you in such a way that you can grow. The problem is I can't do it on these roads because you're just hearing me. So I need to get you in a connect group, into a smaller group, so that we can actually have conversation about you growing or not growing. And some of us have been in church for 20 years, and we've not grown at all. Y'all need to go see Hayden. He's going to teach you how to run a Bible study. And like, you got to step out of the boat. You got to do things you've not done before. It's the only way you're going to grow. Well, I don't know how to ride a bike. When was the last time you tried? And this is the way it works spiritually. We do things that are terrifying. And so uh, there's this passage in Mark that Mark would say this. um, He said, what good is it if we gain the whole world and lose our soul? I think about the reality of the first verse I opened with when what what is it if, 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 if unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain, that our lives, like we've spent four, five, six, eight years getting a college degree for what? Now use it for the kingdom. We, we, we spent all this time to earn this, to, to, to get this job, this career that's great. Now you're not doing it to just make money. You're doing it because he called you. You have a calling on your life. It's not to work. He didn't call anyone to just bear children. That's not your calling. He didn't just call you to be married. He didn't just call you to work nine to five for the rest of your life. Like there's a call of God on your life to fulfill the God-given purpose and assignment on your life. And otherwise you're just laboring in vain. What we have to figure out is what is God calling you to do? And then we, in obedience, we do those things and we find fulfillment because now it has eternal reward. I can hear the calling and the challenge and the difficulty, but I know my assignment. Or we would have wasted our whole life living for us. Gaining the whole world, big house, big yard, big stuff, and lost our soul because we missed our assignment. That makes sense? All right. And so, how this happens so, the Lord said to Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle in Exodus 25. And he says, I want you to build this place so that I can live amongst my people. So, it happens. And they build this, they build it, it, and it's actually not a building. They build a tent. It's a big tent. And there's a lot of stuff that they put in the tent that is all a reminder of the practices that they're supposed to be doing in the way that they pray. There's, a, there's a, the, the, the table of incense and the table of showbread and the, the brazen altar and the, 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 the holy place and the most holy place with the Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments and, and, and the rod there and budded and all, all the things that's in the holy place. So, so this, this tabernacle was important because then once the tabernacle was built, God dwelt there. And what the Bible says is that in this place, there would be a glory cloud that filled the place, so much so that Moses didn't know where he was walking as he's walking around this place, that the presence of God was so strong and so thick in this place. Now, I want to stop for a second and make sure When was the last time you experienced God's presence? That you built something in your life for him. He wants to move in your life and he wants to live in you. 
There are theologies of people that would say, I don't need to experience God. I, and I just think that's crap. Um, because I, I, I know that, that steak is, bacon is good because I eat it. You know what I'm talking about? I know that God is good because I've experienced him. Like I, I, I touched him. I, he's moved in my life. There's nothing cooler than sitting around when talking to people about that time when God touched my life, man, and it was awesome. And I want more of it, like Jacob when he wrestled with God. I want to have experiences and encounters where I know that God moved in my life, and I want you to have those things because you are his temple where he lives. Not where he lived. He is alive. He's resurrected. He's a, and I have to keep going here. All right. So the first sermon, I got done. It was right on time. It was, I was so good in the first. This is actually a better sermon, but it was, you know. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to keep going. <clears throat> Kyle, we're going to go with message two in this one here. All right. All right. So, um, so here's what happens. Um, the Lord, they build the tabernacle, this tent, and the Lord tells the people, I want you to move. And Moses freaks out because he's like, I can't move because you're here. So if I move, then I, don't, I won't be with you. Hear me on this, church. Unless the Lord builds the house, the people labor in vain. The worst thing that happens in your home is the presence of God is not there. The worst thing that happens in your career is that you have you do things for Jesus that God is not involved in. You don't have a secular career. Like, I'm not in ministry and you're not. I think the reason why God called me out of the secular workplace is because, like, I learned how to bring Christ into the secular workplace. Like, and talk to people about Jesus that are like, like, everywhere we go, we're in ministry. You are the temple now. And so what he's going to do is he's going to send you tomorrow. As soon as we leave this place, some of you are going out to lunch. You're ministers of the gospel. You're taking church to somewhere. You are the best version of church that most people will ever attend in their life. And so um, he told Moses, I want you to go. And so what they did is they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And Moses begged the Lord, Lord, you can't send me unless you go with me. I don't want to go unless your presence goes with me. And so what I'm thinking about is your house right now. How do we know that your house will stand the test of time? How do we know that your marriage will stand the test of time? How do we know? I love, my, one of my kids said to me, they, they, they complained. They said, you know, we don't ever have a day where we get to sleep in. You're right. You, know, you will come with us and we will go on Saturday morning to the house of God because you're going to learn prayer. Every Saturday, my kids will be here. But what I love is my son came to me two months ago and said, Dad, I need to quit baseball because I want to be in ministry. Because they're going to learn it in prayer. And so if this is where God's moving, then this is what we're going to do. But how do we know? So when was the last time that your temple was filled in, in the places God's called you to be in? When was the last time the Holy Spirit moved in your home, at your job? You got an assignment and a calling and you knew that your coworker, they said something that the Holy Spirit got your attention and now you either got to repent, apologize, correct, rebuke, encourage, let them know about how Jesus loves them, the promise of God, healing, I don't know. But when was the last time that you weren't just working, laboring in vain, but you had an assignment that was more than your paycheck that would actually have eternal reward attached to it? 
I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want to build a house or have a marriage that in 20 years from now, I can't figure out how we got here or why it's broken or where it went wrong. And it all was for nothing. Men, let me encourage you. I want to make sure I say this in front of everyone. I know this is a terrible word that some people think is confusing. We're going to take it back. We're taking sexy back. The most sexy thing you can do, men, is have a prayer meeting. Women love it. Amen? Ladies? Hey, kids, we're coming together. We're going to talk about this. We're going to read this scripture. We're going to have this prayer. If, and I, I got to tell you, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. It's going to be awkward. You're going to do it wrong. Most of the things that I do in my life, I do wrong. And you're going to get better at it. Anything worth doing is worth doing like again and again and again and again. But as for me and my house, we will serve the... So you got to get better at it. Not doing it because you're not good at it isn't good enough. So lead prayer during dinner. Pray longer. I, I know we say grace. Change it up. We're not saying grace tonight. We're going to say grace is saved because of the blood of Jesus. And blah, I don't know. They add something to the layers of your religiosity. Bring Christ there. Make sense? Yes. Unless the Lord builds the house, everything we did was in vain. And so here's what happens. Moses, the Lord begged, Moses begged the Lord Please don't send us to the church, the building down the street unless your presence goes with us. Please don't send us back to our house today. We can't leave church unless your spirit is going to be with me and I go and do my career and the things that God's got. Like, how do I bring? Does this make sense? And the Lord promised him, I will be with you always. My blessing will be on your life. I'll be with you. I'll use you. I'll speak to you. And the Bible says that the presence of God, the Shekinah glory came, and everywhere that they went, there'd be the fire of God by night, and the cloud by day would follow the people. And they would wake up one day and see the cloud moving, and they'd realize, well, it's time to pack up this tent. We got to get moving. And I just want you to know that like, whatever happens, it's all for nothing unless God's with us. But God is with you. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? What good is it if we gain the whole world and lose our soul? What good is it if you get that job, make all that money, end up in that great relationship and get all the things you want and you didn't have God's blessing? You weren't living and walking with the Lord. There is a tabernacle. It's you. And the Lord wants to live in you and move through you in your life. Some of you are here right now and you know it's been a long time since God moved in your life. He loves you. And he's dying to move in your life. The scripture says that if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He's calling you. And all you gotta do is open the door. And what it does is we, we tell God, holy God, God, I've, I've messed up. I've, I've made this about me. And wherever you go is where I want to go. I've sinned. I'm sorry. Would you live in me? If that's you today and you know that God's, you want God to move in your life with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you. I want to know who I'm praying for today. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Hands up all across this room. 20 hands. God bless you. Jesus. Would you look at me for just a second, guys? 
Um, what we're going to do, everyone at home and online and everyone here in this room, um, some people call this the sinner's prayer. It's not actually a magical prayer at all. What we're doing is really just saying, God, I've, I've done wrong, and I'm sorry. Forgive me, and only you can change me. And we're going to ask him to cleanse us and forgive us of all unrighteousness, and then the Holy Spirit just come into our life and into our hearts. Some of you will receive the first touch from the first time in your life or the first time in a long time right now. And this is just God saying, I love you and I'm with you. And I hear you. Does that make sense? So I'm going to lead us in a prayer that just kind of says, I'm sorry. Change me. Live in me. We're going to do that right now. Jesus, I thank you. You always hear me. I've done wrong and I'm sorry. I know and it's been about me. I've said and done things and thought things that don't honor you. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, would you change me? Would you change me by the power of your Holy Spirit? Would you wash me in the blood that you shed on the cross? Would you make me pure? Would you make me holy? Would you forgive me right now of all my sin? Holy Spirit, would you make me new? Would you live inside of me? Would you lead me and empower me to live the godly life that you're calling me to do? Would you convict me and encourage me and lead me on? I need you. And I thank you that your presence is moving on us even right now. Lord, we love you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people said. Amen. I love you guys. Um, here's what you need to know. Uh, as we close service, there will be several people down here that want to pray with you. Um, we call them our prayer partners. And basically, they're just people that um, are good at prayer. And uh, if you're here and you said that prayer and God touched you in a special way, we'd like to, we'd like to pray for you. But you may be here and you, you need a healing in your body. Hey, I'm almost done, guys. Please just hang out for one second. Uh, but you need God to move and bring healing into your body. Or maybe you have a relative that's struggling with something and you want us to pray for you with for them. Uh, come down and we want to pray with you. Also, in everyone's seat back pocket, there's a card. Maybe you don't like someone praying for you, but we want to know if you made a decision today that was significant. And so if you put your name on that and, and check the box on the bottom, uh, I, me and Teresa will personally be praying for you this week. Uh, I love you guys and I'm thankful for you. Here's also what you need to know. While it's awesome that you came to church, you will grow so much more if you join a connect group. We're going to feed uh, the kids in the neighborhood this Saturday at 1030. Some of you uh, never know it, but you'd love to go and hang out with, with people and feed them and, and play with them and, and tell them about the love of God. Come join us. Right, we'll meet right here at 1030 on Sunday, on Saturday. And um, there's 25 different out, uh, connect groups you can join on, on, on the app. And um, that's all I know. Pretty good. Hey, we love you. God's doing some cool things. Pray about what you can do to help us uh, find a place for people that don't know Jesus. I love you guys. We'll be down for you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at the way church lately.